everybody if we can get seated. We are in for a treat today. Many of you know the Fathers of Mercy up in Kentucky. Thank you for being seated. Many of you know the Fathers of Mercy up in Kentucky. Many of you go up there uh, every once in a while. Uh, Bill and I try to go up uh, at least once a month, but sometimes it's, it's a little bit longer than that. They're great confessors. So um, we have Father Joel with us today, and I'm going to, since we don't have a bio, Father, I'm going to ask you to, to give a little bit about your wonderful life. And I know that all of us lay Dominicans and the sisters have been praying um, uh, for the soul of uh, Father's brother, John, uh, who died couple of weeks ago, is it, Father? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. So we continue to pray for him and his soul. So, Father, please come join us and preach it. <laughs> Thank you all for inviting me here and welcoming me. Um, as uh, our good speaker, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Uh, she, she said that my name is Father Joel Rogers. I am a member of the Fathers of Mercy. We preach parish missions and uh, we staff rural parishes. That's our apostolate. And um, before I was reassigned about a year and a half ago, I served St. Helen Catholic Church in Glasgow, Kentucky for about 15 years uh, for the Archdiocese of Louisville. And then a year and a half ago, I was assigned as the local superior at the house. That's not the superior general, not the top gun. I still answer to Father David Wilton, uh, but I'm in charge of the house. So uh, the house obeys me. Maybe not the people, but the house, okay? Uh, and sometimes the house doesn't obey either. I have to uh, make phone calls and all of that. So uh, it's a great joy to be here. And um, I'm a member of uh, a family of 16, including my mother and father who passed away. And then um, so I'm one of five boys, and we have nine sisters. So... It's a, it's a great joy to be a member of that family. And I thank you so much for praying for the repose of the soul of my brother and also for his family and for us. I'm very much appreciative of your thoughtfulness and your prayers. First, I would like to begin with a prayer. And then, um, then I'm going to read a passage to you from sacred scripture. Uh, before I do, how long do I have? I don't want to overdo it. Is 30 minutes or what is it? 30 40. Yeah, about 30 or 40 minutes. 30 to 40 minutes. Okay, great. I'm going to be strict with myself right here. So I'll have this right here. In the... Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O oh, blessed Trinity, you know us more than we know ourselves. Teach our hearts your truth 
and your will for us. Grant that in this conference, your spirit may speak more so than the speaker. And during this conference, please open our hearts that we may listen to your word. We ask this in all of our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Before I read a passage from the Gospel of John, I want to, to think of one word, and that is mercy. And I could give you all of the Latin and to break it apart, but it simply means this pretty much. Mercy is when someone sees the misery or the suffering or um, the agony, the affliction, uh, even if that's in sin and what it does to the person, uh, seeing that and having a compassionate heart for that person. But more than that, to desire and to will to alleviate the sufferings of that person, to pull them out of their misery, to help them uh, suffer less, and to help them come to joy in some way. So mercy is actually a very active kind of word, not just a feeling we have, uh, it's a response that we give to someone whom we see uh, suffering so much. And so uh, the theme of this talk is Mary, uh, Our Lady of Mercy. I'll begin reading the passage. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana in Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. When the, when the wine ran short, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servers, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for Jewish ceremonial washings, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it. And when the head waiter tasted the water that had become wine, without knowing where it came from, although the servers who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves good wine first, and then when people have drunk freely, an inferior one. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs in Cana in Galilee, and so revealed his glory. 
and his disciples began to believe in him. After this, he and his mother, his brothers and his disciples, went down to Capernaum and stayed there only a few days. So please meditate on this passage with me. Jesus and his disciples and his mother are all invited to the wedding. And our Lord's mother is very perceptive. She sees the need right away. I don't know how she knows. Maybe she's hearing things. Maybe she heard a silent discussion between the bride and the groom. But she knows that they are in serious need. She sees their affliction. Because uh, from what I understand from the seminary training, and I'm not sure uh, how accurate, but it makes sense to me. But in the old days, in those days, when the Jews celebrated a wedding, it didn't last for a day like it would here. It lasted for a week. And they would celebrate with great festivity. So they would have plenty of food, plenty of drink. And guess who was supposed to be in charge of that? The bride and the groom. It would have been very embarrassing for them not to have enough wine. Now I'm sure that many people are understanding when they see someone else make a mistake, but granted fallen human nature, I'll bet that if they didn't have enough wine, they would have been made fun of for years to come. And there would always be a joke about them because they didn't have enough wine. Humiliation. So Our Lady sees this. They don't have enough wine. She sees their need. She feels their humiliation with her heart. And then she does something about it. So she tells Jesus, her son, they have no wine. Now Archbishop Fulton Sheen says that the translation of his statement in response was actually this. What is that to you and to me? Okay, other translation would say, this concern of yours, what is that to me? So it seems like He doesn't care or that he's not interested in his mother's needs. But we know that's not the case. Our Lord reads her heart even more clearly than she sees the need of the bride and groom. When our Lord begins this miracle, the first miracle, That is going to mean that he will be in the public eye from then on. He will not be able to see uh, his mother whenever he wants to. He will not always be able to be at her side. How she would love that. 
because he was not only her son, he was her God. So our Lord is really saying this. Do you realize that you're asking me to begin my public work? And the minute that this happens, I'm not going to be at your side anymore. And from that moment on, I am going in one direction, and that is to the cross. This is going to be the opening gate of my passion. And you will not be able to save me from it. So do you know what you're asking? And of course, Our Lady knows what she is asking. And from the heart of her heart, which is already broken, because she knows what this means, she still tells the servant, do whatever he tells you. So from this time on, our Lord is going to leave her side. She's going to have a broken heart. And it will be as a sword piercing her heart, not just at the foot of the cross, but everything that leads up to it. She will be in great sorrow. And she's already experienced this before. But she knows and she says, Okay, Lord, you go. I'm letting you go. Why am I letting you go? Because you have come to die for sinners. And we're beginning with this married couple. Mary, because she sees the affliction of us lowly sinners, she gives her son to the bride and groom. And he begins his first miracle. Now Our Lady's intercession is very, it's awesome. And it has powerful effects. At Our Lady's request, our Lord performs a miracle. And he not only makes an abundant wine, but very good wine. Excellent. The jars were filled to the brim. There was more than enough to go around. And it was very good. Our Lord Jesus does the same thing for your and my soul. Always, in some way, alleviating our sufferings Although he does allow us to suffer, he helps us. He's at our side, carrying the cross with us, understanding our misery, understanding our sorrow. He's there to meet us. And our Lord not only alleviates our sufferings, but he sometimes gives us great consolation our Lord doesn't just forgive our sins in confession. He's abundant. He fills us with his grace, at least to the extent that we let him, to the extent that our confession is devout, 
And when we open our hearts, he floods right in. And he takes out what is not of Jesus and he replaces it with his own heart. He gives us fullness of grace. He gives us his virtues so that we can participate in his holiness. Our Lord goes over and beyond, over and above. He fills us as if we were standing underneath Niagara Falls. Especially when Our Lady is praying for us. Yes, Our Lord made the good wine, but we can say Our Lady brought the good wine. So Mary sees our affliction and she participates in our Lord's mercy. She sees our need, our very great need. And she is our mother, our Lord's mother first, but because we are members of his body, she is our mother. And she's affectionate. There's no such thing as cold charity for Mary. Her love is real. And she knows what we need. I'll bet, because she sees God face to face, I'll bet she knows what we need more than we do. And she sees our affliction. And through her prayer, through her intercession, through her love, she wants to see us through along with her son, working side by side with Jesus, our co-redemptions. And so Mary is our mother, but she is also our model. You and I can be forgiven of any sin as long as we don't hold it back. And we can be forgiven of a million sins, all mortal. Our Lord wants to forgive us more than we desire to be forgiven. So if we have a desire to be forgiven, that is very good news. And our Lord is abundant in his mercy. And Mary wants to see us through that. She wants to see us have the very, very best, just like she wanted the couple to have the best of wine. And our Lord gives it. But she's our model. So not only are we the receiving end, but we should be participators in mercy. You know, I was present at a discussion among one of your groups, and it was talked about that um, there are certain heresies in modern times that we have to confront, modernism, of course, being one of them, and how important it is that we would choose to die for the truth than compromise with any of these heresies. Truth. But at the same time, we should have a merciful heart 
for those who are in error. And yes, we should have humility. Knowing how much we need mercy, we should be very glad to have a merciful heart toward the least of our brothers and sisters. So Mary, Mother of Mercy, pray for us, not only that we may receive mercy, but that we may be participators in the mercy of Jesus. We should desire that the least of our brothers and sisters have very good wine. Talking about humility, one time I did my sister's wedding. I hope I didn't tell you this last year, but I did my sister's wedding and everything was going very well. So Father Joel, just this huggable priest saying a good homily, oh, good, good. And then the exchange of vows and my sister and her husband are crying tears of joy. It's going so beautifully. Good job, Father Joel. And now it's time to bless the rings. So I need to call the ring bearer up. And I say, will the pallbearer please come forward? <laughs> Humiliation. Our Lord is so good. Keep me humble. Let me know my place. I don't desire to be humiliated. But if it's in God's good grace, let me accept it. Because our Lord is giving it to me out of love. Because he wants me for himself. And he knows that the numero uno enemy of union with Christ is selfish pride. So as we desire to receive the mercy of Jesus, especially through Mary's intercession, let us also desire to be an instrument of mercy. Through our example, through our patience when people don't listen to us, through our forgiveness of others who have hurt us, Mercy, mercy, mercy. The year of mercy. And our Lord promises us, to the extent that we give mercy, we shall receive it, spilling onto our lap, shaken together, overflowing. May we be merciful as the sacred heart of Jesus is merciful. And may we be merciful as the immaculate heart of Mary is merciful. May we desire not only to receive our Lord's mercy, but to give it and to live it. Our Lady knows our needs. This should be a great joy to us. Because even among my dearest friends and family members, even with them, sometimes there's a bad day. 
even the best of us, disappoint. And sometimes we can feel a little lonely. Sometimes we can feel abandoned. Sometimes we feel that no one's in our corner. And it's hard. But we can always rejoice in this. There's already and always somebody in our corner. The Blessed Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is in our corner. Always. And of course, along with Jesus is Mary. She feels what we feel. She's been there. Our Lady of Sorrows knows what it's like to suffer and to be alone. To watch her son die on the cross and not be able to embrace him until after his death. She knows what it's like when a sinner is abandoned. She knows what it's like to suffer from a broken heart. She experiences that and she wants to alleviate that suffering. She is the most active member of our Lord's body after Jesus. So let us rejoice even in our sorrows. Let us think about, ponder the depth of God's love for our soul and the love of Mary, his mother. Our Lord has so much to give us and he wants to give it in abundance. The question is, do we want it? He's not going to force his way into our heart. I knock, and those who open the door we will come in and sup with that person. So our Lord desires to give us everything. We can have as much as we want. And sometimes our Lord will allow us to feel that everything, to feel the consolations. And sometimes he won't. But it's still there, true and blue, it's still there. Our Lord loves us with affection, even if we don't feel it. It doesn't matter. The more mature we are, the less we have to feel it. We just know. And we try to live it. And we try to rather love others than expect to be liked and patted on the back in return. Our Lord has everything for us, especially through the intercession of his mother Mary. Now we'll close with this. During my novitiate, I decided to take the consecration to Mary through St. Louis de Mumford. And after reading his literature, at first I was very hesitant 
Because according to this saint, he says that we give everything to Mary. Everything. And the temptation, of course, is that, no, I don't need someone else giving my stuff to Jesus. I'm going to do it. Okay? That was my temptation. But as I took the consecration, and as I got a little closer to Our Lady, Our Mother, I now could not imagine not giving everything to her so that she can perfect what is not of Jesus in my heart. And then she can give this gift to Jesus. Look, I want Jesus to have the best. Why not give it to his mother so she can make it the best? When I live my day, I always think how much I need Mary to offer my gifts to Jesus. Because everything that I do, no matter how good, no matter how talented, no matter how holy it may seem, there's always a mixture of Jesus and Father Joel. I want a little bit of that praise for myself, you see? There's a little mixed motives in my gifts. And sometimes I do not give purely out of love for Jesus. So I need a mom who's going to help perfect that love. As we meditate on the gospel, the wedding of Cana, let us ponder the depth of love that Mary has for us. Let us also make it real in our lives. Rejoice, but also live it. If we are full, we don't have to have more. If we are full of the Blessed Trinity, and the love of the angels and the saints, and Mary, the mother of Jesus. We're full. We don't have to be praised. We don't have to have everyone pat us on the back. It's good sometimes, feels great, and that's fine. But we need to ask ourselves, are we full? And if we're not full, we ask Mary. Mary, make me full so that I don't have to depend on the world for my joy. God bless all of you. It has been a joy to be with you today. And Mary, Mother of Mercy, pray for us. God bless you all.
close to my father loved, wedding he did in France, and apparently the words for sin and for peach in French are 